This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Sean Beyer is a youth soccer coach from Southern California. He recently posted a clip of his team building out of the back from a goal kick, taking the ball all the way up the field with a series of passes and then scoring. So that clip naturally caught my attention and I decided to reach out to Sean to discuss what was happening at that moment and to talk about just more things soccer with him. We ended up having a great discussion about the importance of winning, the importance of parent education, and he also gave some great advice when he answered my famous question, what do people need to know? If you would like to connect with Sean on Twitter, you can follow him. It is, uh, let me grab it real quick. His uh, Twitter name is at CoachSeanB74. I've also provided a link to that in the write-up of this podcast. And Sean has also pinned the video that we discuss to his Twitter profile. So you can check out that exact clip that we discussed for uh, a decent chunk of time during this interview. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, but it's just, again, another testament to uh, showing your product and being willing to share what is going on with your teams. Uh, this is obviously an example of a good moment, but it's also good to uh, to put out some of the uh, not so good moments as well. So if you're if you're looking for reasons to uh, to share to share some footage of your teams, well, maybe uh, maybe you should up Sean and have a have a conversation because I think you got a lot of great feedback about that clip that he posted. Just a reminder that uh, you can subscribe to this podcast everywhere that you can listen to podcasts pretty much. That means Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, whatever. You just type in 343 the way that we spell it and that's it. It should pop up. And if you want to help the show grow, you should subscribe to the show. You should rate it. You should review it. And of course, you should share it. And another way to support this podcast is to support our sponsor, which is Bounce Athletics. They are offering 343 listeners an additional 10% discount on orders. And I actually just spoke with Zach the other day about a new package deal that they are offering. So you can order 24 of their premium training balls and 24 custom numbered training vests. And together that package deal is $6.99. And the vests are great for colleges, high schools, and camps that are looking for ways to identify players and keep training sessions organized. That was always a struggle when I was a high school coach. Uh, I remember we used to just draw on people with Sharpies and everybody had to wear a white shirt. And if somebody didn't wear a white shirt, it threw everything off, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, I'm sure coaches have experienced that problem before, but their custom training vests are a solution for that. And of course, you guys have heard me talk about the balls already. You guys have heard some of the other ads. If you follow this podcast closely, the balls are top notch. I use them every single training session. They're legit. I don't need to ramble about those. They're, they're some of the best products that I've ever used for uh, any of my teams. So yeah. That's it. Um, you can email info at Bounce Athletics to start the order process. And then don't forget to mention 343 when you email them because that's how you're going to receive your additional 10% discount. Uh, this podcast is also supported by the 343 Premium Coaching Education Program. So this is the bread and butter of what we offer. And our members are the real badasses that help us keep the lights on here. So if you are unfamiliar with what the 343 membership is, it is a powerful and effective online education program for coaches who take their craft seriously and want to get the most out of themselves and their teams. So when you sign up for the 343 membership, you get 24-7 access to a proven methodology and you are instantly connected to a nationwide network of other ambitious coaches that also share the same ideas and ambitions as you. I don't know why I said ambitions twice. I shouldn't have. You also get access to real training and game footage, ebooks, audio lessons, classroom presentations, and then forums for networking and sharing ideas with other members. This program that I that I talk about, I talk about it every week on the podcast, but uh, this program completely transformed the way that I coach my teams, and I will never, ever go back to the way that I coached before. Number one, because my teams win, and number two, because I absolutely love the style of soccer that my teams play now. So if you're interested in improving both of those things, both of those aspects of your coaching and your teams, I highly suggest you uh, you look into this program. You can learn more about the benefits of the 343 Premium Coaching Membership Program by visiting 343coaching.com. All right. Uh, I hope that you are ready for 
this episode. I hope that you enjoy my conversation with Sean Beyer. Thank you for listening. Hey, John. Hey, how's it going, man? Not too bad. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. I'm actually, uh, I'm on a high right now after that, uh, after that Champions League game. Oh my goodness. That was nuts. That was nuts. I, I'm a Barca fan, but I do feel a little, feel bad for Liverpool. I thought they didn't do a lot wrong. They just ran into the man. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. It's, it's just like, you just kind of have to weather the storm and just wait for the guy to do his, his alien magic. And (laughs) that's what it is. Yeah. It's crazy. No, it's it's crazy to have, to, to have a player like that that can just change the game out of nothing, out of nothing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Pretty remarkable. Yeah. It's cool. I'm, I'm super stoked that, that, you know, this is the, this is the age of soccer where I switched from like a fan to being like a, like an actual student of the game and, and being able to study a player and, and just a, a team and just an era of soccer like this, I think is pretty remarkable. And yes. Yeah. We're fortunate. I feel very almost, you know, lucky to be around when, you know, messy and this type of football is being, being played. I, I, I date it back to when I actually am of the era where I saw Michael Jordan and his playoff runs. And I was like, man, I couldn't believe some of the things I was seeing. And I'm, it's a similar feeling with Messi. Yeah, no, 100% man. It's, it's something I've talked about before with people that, uh, I get criticized a lot because I don't remember, you know, the stars of the nineties. I don't remember the stars of the eighties or the teams that, you know, were, you know, trouble winners that, you know, throughout history, whatever it's like, yeah, but you know, this is my era. This is what I'm living through right now. And, and, and I, I can't, you know, recreate myself and, and, and make my seven-year-old self care about what happened in, you know, in, in 1993. So it's like, I'm I'm sorry, but, uh, but you know, this is, this is a pretty special era to be living through, I I think. And, and I'm super, super thankful to just call it, call it mine, I guess, as, as weird as that sounds. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So what's up, man? What's, uh, what's, what's going on in your soccer world? Well, I'm at a, I'm actually at a kind of a transition time. I had been coaching at the um, club here in North County, San Diego for about 15 years. And I've just um, stepped away from that within the less than a month ago. And I'm looking to kind of see what the next place for me to grow and, you know, develop and find that next challenge um, but other than that, you know, like you enjoying the, the champions league and looking to learn about the game and grow as a, as a coach and as a scout and, you know, just see how I can influence, you know, my little world of soccer. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so, so the team that you, you recently posted a video of, and that's what kind of caught my caught my attention. So you're no longer with that team then. That's right. That's right. Yeah. What yeah. was uh what was the connection to that team? Were you coaching your kids? Were you a paid club coach? What what was the deal there? Yeah, yeah. I was a paid club coach and like I said I'd been at that club for uh 15 years roughly and um that team in particular um for 3 years. That's cool. Um, so their U15 team, um, kids from North County, uh, San Diego, you know, probably like m- many of your non-DA, non-ECNL teams, like pretty good athletes, some, you know, soccer's their, you know, main sport, but they still do some other things. We don't, we train twice a week, sometimes we hit a season where we go three times a week, but really, you know, that's just kind of the level that we were at playing uh, flight one in the SoCal development soccer league. And um, yeah, it's some really good kids and great families. Um, I think I learned a lot there and I hope that the 
the boys uh, did as well. Did as well. Uh, we actually just had our kind of end of the season, uh, you know, get together and shared share, shared some good memories and um, really looking forward to staying up with those uh, those kids on the team because the coach that's taking them over, I have full confidence in. So I think they're ready to kind of go from where they are and continue their development. That's cool, man. That's, that's cool to hear you talk about that. I've, I've, I'm, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to hear you say those things and, and that's going to resonate with them. I've gone through that same scenario where you kind of, you st- either step away or, or your, your team graduates to the next level or, or is passed on, passed on to the next coach. And it's, it's never easy, man. It's never easy. I don't think we talk about that, that part of the game, uh, enough, but, um, but what, uh, what, what came to my mind is as you, you've kind of mentioned a couple different things about your, your stint with that club is, you know, 15 years there and then three years with that particular team that I saw a video of. So what comes to my mind is wanting to talk about how you've evolved as a coach and when did that style of play that I saw displayed in that video that you posted, when did that become how your teams uh, or how you wanted your teams to play? And and so I guess maybe if I can start with one specific question is, can you describe what was happening in that video that you posted? Can you describe to people, you know, the, the, the scene of, of what took place there? And then I kind of want to pick that apart with you if, if possible. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if I, if I'm not going the right direction, just steer me back on course where it's, it's a tournament game. We're at the great park in orange County and, uh, you know, pretty, I mean, nice turf fields, good size. So it's kind of conducive to, you know, possession soccer and building up, you know, through the thirds. And in that particular case, from a goal kick, um, you know, we looks pretty nonchalant. The keeper just puts the ball down quickly, knocks it out to the center back who's on the outside of the um, 18 yard box and starts to dribble penetrate. There wasn't a lot of pressure on him immediately. So he carries the ball forward to, uh, to engage a player, not to like bring on too much pressure, but just to um, draw someone out. And then he's able to connect with the defensive midfielder and, you know, just, it was kind of a patient play. And I think some of that comes because it's the second half nerves are kind of, you know, down a little bit and we can just get on and and play and we've had a few games already that weekend so the legs are maybe not as fresh so i think in that particular instance the boys are ready to let the ball do the work if that makes any sense so you know we we build it up we get into the midfield third probably three or four passes connected there and it really just baits the opposition um forward which allows uh, our attacking mid once he gets on the ball to really just with the outside of his foot uh, break a line with his touch and then find our uh, it's actually our outside back who had gotten forward who does a good job shielding the ball and turning and he's got pretty good speed and by that point the space is there for him to take it all the way down to the opponent's goal line and once we've got the ball there they're transitioning their turn they're facing their own goal really difficult to defend and he puts in a pretty good cross that's heading towards the near post and we happen to have a runner who gets there before uh their defender does and and he doesn't make contact but he just draws just keeps them from clearing it and the ball goes through to the far post and um the winger the the winger from the left side is able to finish in the in the near post so it was for me that clip and that's why I posted it. Cause I'm not over active on social media, but I'm trying to get more involved with it. Cause I see the value in it. I've learned a lot off of it. So as I look at that clip and I said this at uh, the end of the year team party, I was like, guys, you may not realize it, but the clip and I shared it with the team. I'm like, it's like your gift to me. Because I have that. I have that. It's like 
the proof of our work. It's the it's what we've been it's what we aim to do. And it doesn't always come off. You know, <laughs> we've got competition. We've got 11 guys on the other side of the ball that are trying to break up our play. So it doesn't always happen. But at least they have that visual now of what is is possible. So, I'm, I mean, I'm grateful because it was, a, you know, one of our uh, players' dads who committed to video in every game, every game. We, we're not a big club where everything's videoed and we have data analysis and all this. This is all like done in-house. So um, truly a team effort and team goal. So there was, I think, nine players involved, 11 passes. And it's just a memory that um, I think is, uh, it's just, it's rewarding. Let's say it's rewarding. And I think the boys appreciate that as well. Would you would you say that that, that clip even though it, it sounds like it, it does have a like a like a special place, but would you say that that was more of a random occurrence, or was that something that was, you know, the goal all along or happening frequently? Was that just was that the best example of of some things that you know happens occasionally? Or I, I don't know the right way to, to describe, it, I guess. But is is yeah. that is that how? you guys would identify yourselves like is that a good way a good representation of the way you guys played yes for sure yeah yeah and i think we've got a group where most of the time we're on the same page but we get some you know the kids are young and you know they're they're watching messi take on five guys and we do that at times you know these kids are developing they're learning so they don't have it all figure it out but there's some other clips that you know where we've gone I mean, and it was a it was a miss you know it was a near miss we've gone from goal kick and we did penetrate down the side and we just we missed the finish so that idea is there and really um i think they enjoy that because there's some kids that get the team identity and they like to possess it and i'm really thankful that they've you know bought into the idea of playing that way of letting the ball do the work and identifying two V ones and uh, looking for runners and players in between the lines. Like that's just like, I appreciate that style and I guess I've had their, their ear enough to kind of share with them and I'll refer to, you know, whatever game has been, you know, played that week. Cause I know the, many of the players are watching and I like for me that's a great goal because so many guys are involved with it and it wasn't an accident it wasn't like we knocked the ball long down the field and their center back misplayed it and we ran onto it and scored i'm like that's a goal and you may need to score some like that but for me there's more value in this type of goal and it, it develops you you're a better player when you execute actions like this than you know the traditional as they say, you know, kick and rush or get it in their end and whatever. And I know I'm, it's just the preference. If you want to play like that, it's fine. Um, we just choose to go another way. Do you have a team or, uh, or, or multiple teams where you have modeled your coaching ideas off of? Like, do you, do you watch one specific coach or one specific club that has played or has influenced the way that you coach your teams and and i guess another question of that um or to to tag on to that would be has that i or has your coaching identity changed over the years has it changed from you know liking one one set of uh, of ideas or one club and ha- have you changed to to a different style or a different identity over the years yeah yeah to be honest i I'd say I started coaching without an identity. Just no clear style. Just I got thrown into the coaching uh, world quickly without any real, you know, training or practice or understanding of concepts of or principles of play or and, and I was just a player. I played and then I got invited to coach and I just jumped in one day. So I think the difference between like how I approach it now and then is 
completely different, completely different. And um, like I've mentioned, the style that I have, I, I for me, I'd rather see the ball on the ground many of the time. Many of the times when you're looking to advance the ball, if you can, if there's space and you need to put it in the air, I don't have a problem with it. But just in general, I want to keep the ball. I, I want to, you know, I want to own it. I'd rather use the ball to manipulate the opposition so that we can play. Um, because like I said earlier, it, it the players have to think about their movement. There's more thought involved with it so it's probably i don't know a spanish style i uh, probably more like a, uh, you know i i hate to use the word in comparison to my teams but yeah barcelona the way they played with um you know guardiola and possessing the ball and spreading out the opposition and creating passing lanes for your team it's the idea that i try to implement now and you know just to throw a little plug in to 343 i don't know <laughs> you know you and i have never spoken before nope. john but i'm a i'm i'm a member of 343 for uh for a while now and i've studied that it's not all that i've studied but i've got a lot of value out of out of the membership there i've you know been fortunate enough to go to barcelona and do some training there and um, I'd say that's if, you know, people can understand that's probably the, the concepts that I'm trying to use with my players. Were you ever worried that those concepts and, and this identity wouldn't translate over to your group of, let's see if they were U15s when you, when you, if they're U15s now, so they must've been U12s when you got them. So were, were you ever worried about your identity and, and your ideas not being able to translate to your group of athletic, uh, flight one, uh, non DA group of group of players? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's taken <laughs> some time. I think it's definitely been a process. Um, and not only that, John, I think, you know, the it's a pay to play model and the parents are also someone that I needed to get on board where there were times when I, we, we were implementing this, I was a new coach coming in and right away when I took over the team, I was like, okay, I want to, this is what I'm looking at. And I had to do that a few times with the players and even with the parents um, and let them know that when we're passing the ball backwards into our own goal box and our keepers getting the ball that was so foreign for them. Um, I don't know if they'd seen anything like that. Um, so I had to reassure them that it gets a little nervy at times to, you know, possess the ball in your own side of the field it may not make sense to you, but we'll get there. And we had little glimpses where they really started to play well and they bought in and i was fortunate that first year we made you know some decent uh runs in some tournaments and i think that helped um you know if you if you get a trophy sometimes that helps <laughs> people believe and early when i got that team um we won a tournament here in, in san diego and i think people started to buy in so um but yeah, yeah, it was a challenge because some of the pitches we played on were super bumpy and sometimes they're super narrow or, you know, we're not we don't have the best facilities all the time. So um, to play a possession soccer kind of it can be difficult if if you if the facilities aren't clean and you don't have the right environment. But um, we managed through that and now it's very much their identity and we had some uh kids in that team that had gone on to do some training outside of our team um little plug there's a training group called sdfc and they had coaches that actually came from uh barcelona and that was kind of their thing we're going to train players to keep the ball and you know and and possess and it was all you know rondo based and and 
and even the defenders were forced to possess and keep the ball and play with their head up. So, um, it, yeah, it just kind of worked well together and there was buy-in and I'm thankful to the parents cause they trusted me. And I think they probably learned a bit about this style of soccer as well. So, but yeah, there were some, some challenges. The, the beginning was, uh, had some things to get past, but you know, we managed to, to do that and I think they're better off for it. Hey, sit tight. We are going to hear a quick message from our sponsor bounce athletics. Bounce athletics are offering you an additional 10% discount just for listening to this episode of the three, four, three podcast. When I spoke to Zach, the co-founder of Bounce Athletics, he mentioned one of the most common problems that coaches and players and teams have when it comes to their training equipment. And this is what he had to say. Finding goals that are portable, um, that can be moved from environment to environment quickly and perform just as well on grass as they do on turf as they do on hardwood or, or wherever you're at. Thankfully, that problem has been solved thanks to the Dynamo goals made by Bounce Athletics. They have revolutionized people's training sessions. For those that don't know, they're a three by five, all aluminum frame. They fold flat in like five seconds and they you pop them back up in a couple seconds. The moment I saw the Dynamo goals in action, I was totally convinced that these were the best goals on the market. And since using the Dynamo goals, I haven't even touched the other goals that I have had for years. And I was curious about who else was already using these. So I asked Zach, and here's what he had to say. Everything from recreational programs that are using them for their 3v3 and 4v4 to college and pro teams that have 20 of them. 343 listeners get an additional 10% discount when you mention the 343 podcast. Just email info at Bounce Athletics to begin the order process. All right, let's get back to the show. It's, it's hard for me. The, my absolute hardest job is, as an interviewer is to not take over the interview and start like grandstanding. <laughs> Go for <laughs> and, it. No, but you mentioned something that I think is super important. And it's something that, that Gary wrote about on the blog a long time ago. But it, it, you, you mentioned that winning and, and winning was what um, got got people to buy into what you were what you were selling. And it's not, it's not something that is talked about enough that winning is your absolute best currency. It, it, it's, it's your, it's your currency when you're recruiting, it's your currency when you are talking to parents, it's your, it's your currency when you're getting the players to, to stay engaged and to say, uh, stay focused and, and, and to keep, you know, keep playing the way that you want them to play. But without winning, it, it becomes incredibly, incredibly difficult to, to convince people that this is the right way. And, and, yeah. and, and people all the time, I, I, I hate, I hate when I see it, but they're like, Oh, it's about development and winning doesn't matter. And it, it makes me want to just pull my eyes out <laughs> because it's like, no winning absolutely matters. If you, if, if you are losing, you're not developing anything. You're, you're, you're something's going wrong if you're losing, and so we shouldn't be afraid to talk about winning. And 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 makes me sound like very like Donald Trumpy. It sounds weird, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but, but mean, winning I matters, man. Got to be honest. We we win. We feel I don't know successful, and then there's a psychological component. You feel confident. Um, you you know you I don't know. Maybe you have a little more energy, like it. It's just the nature of the game, and that's we play to win. And don't get me wrong, John. I wasn't like if we lost, I wasn't throwing things or exactly. anything like that. But you know what? I mean, it was a process. If we lost, I'd be like, okay, well, let's look at why. Let's start with why, and then we'll we'll go from there. So I think the way I would put it is we always play to win. We And I tried to make the even the practices – competitive as much as I could like no we're going to keep score here and you know the losers maybe this time it's whatever 20 push-ups couple sprints just something some some carrot out there so there's something to to play for and I don't know how common that is but um well, I think you're right I some do it. level yep. results results they help yep absolutely they help. absolutely yeah. um 
And another thing that you mentioned too, I've, I've been writing down a bunch of notes as, you, as you've been talking. So I'm trying to pick and choose what I want to go back to. Um, you, you mentioned, Oh shit. I'm trying to remember exactly what you said, but what I wrote down is that what parents cheer for, like reinforces those behaviors. So like if a kid, like if your defender, for example, like clears the ball and the parents on the sideline go nuts and they start screaming, yeah, yeah. go oh, yeah. Big long kick. Cool. Uh, you yeah. know, that, that reinforces a bad behavior. So your job as a coach is really to educate the parents on, on what they should be cheering for. And you mentioned, I think, uh, I think you were talking about the other people's training sessions. They were encouraging the defenders, you know, to, to then keep possession of the ball and be confident with the ball. And and, yeah. and and those are the things that as coaches and as parents, parents too need to understand, like that's what you need to reward. And when you watch a game in, in other cultures and Spain is a good example, and Barcelona is, is a great example. The game just happened today. We just watched it. But you know, when, when, when they make a, a little decision that just seems like it's like, it's not that, in, you know, it's not game critical match critical, but the, the whole stands, like everybody starts to cheer and everybody kind of claps. And it's like, you know, it was just a header back from Jordi Alba to, to Ter Stegen, or it was just a yeah. simple possession pass after, after recovering, after recovering the ball from, from the other team's transition. Um, and then, and then Sergio Busquets just, you know, just makes a simple possession pass and everybody just kind of like golf claps. And, and, yeah, that, and that's yeah. how they reward things. And, and that reinforces those good, those good behaviors, which is, I think, again, not talked about enough. So I don't know why, I don't know what prompted me to write that down, but something you said made me write that down. Yeah. Maybe just the influence that parents have. Remember a lot of soccer in this country is pay to play and the parents and the players have this different uh, perspective. Maybe I don't know about the players, but the parents might where, hey, I'm paying for a service and it's almost my right to let you know if I feel like I'm getting what I'm paying for, um, perhaps. I also think that the culture in Spain is the tradition and the game awareness from the common fan is so far beyond what many of our parents on the sideline around this country have many of the parents that i was coaching on this team they didn't play the game they were from other sports it's a different mentality so i don't i'm not saying all coaches have to do that but i felt like it was important that i speak with them because they're going to be taking this player home in the car and they're going to have a conversation that i cannot control but if i have a few conversations with the parents and players at the same time, not a lot, not like every month, but on the occasion, early in the season, I do something, maybe in the middle, um, just so to make sure that we're on the same page or if something happened on a sideline, maybe I need to touch base with a few parents or send a note out, just, you know, expectations and being very clear from the beginning of the season that you, your job is not to do any coaching. That's for me to do. If you have any issue, you can speak with me, but not during during the game. And they were great about that. And they let, it gives me more influence than trying to coach over some parents that might be saying some other things. So it's, it's a little, it's different uh, environment that we coach in, but if you are able to, I guess, put yourself in the position of a, a parent, not that you have to agree with it, but see where they're coming from, then you've got tools to help them and ultimately help the whole uh, the whole team, the whole energy that's around the game. And, and like I said, I'm thankful that they gave me a lot of uh, trust because trust is huge. And I don't know. I think it was uh, another coach may do it a different way, but they have a different environment, maybe, you know, different club and they have different variables involved. But for me that with this team, that's kind of the, the route that I took realistically in your, in your 15 years of coaching and I don't, and I don't know if the 15 years, if that's your entire coaching career, but you said 15 years at one club, right? Yeah. 15 years there. I spent a couple years at another club. I did some uh, high school uh, as well off and on in there, but majority of it has been with that same club. Yeah. So, you know, almost, almost two decades is, is kind of what I'll, I'll round it up to uh, of coaching. When, 
realistically, when did you realize that the parents were such an integral part aside from like, you know, of course, you know, they're their parents, of course, they have to take them to and from practice. And, and aside from those obvious things, like when did you realize that like the education and the relationship with the parents was going to be integral to your success as a coach? Man, I think I, I may have realized it, you know, within the first uh, few years, but I don't think I had really the tools at the time and understood how important or how I wanted to go about it. And, you know, my own fault earlier in my coaching career, I probably thought, oh, these co- these parents are nuts. They don't get it. Yada, yada. It probably took a, the wrong approach instead of thinking, no, they're excited. They just maybe don't understand all the intricacies of the game. And so maybe it's, it's better for me to help them. And I think when I first started coaching, I was like, that's not my role. That's not my job. My job is to coach the kids and teach them the game. And then I think it took, I don't know, maybe five, six years before I realized that in order for me to coach the kids the best that I could, it's going to help if I've got the backing and the support and the parents have an understanding of what's going on, there's some type of communication between the coach and the sideline. So I think then over time, you know, I, my, you know, preseason team talk, um, improved. I'd set the stage a little better. Like here's, here's your role as a parent and here's, what you do within the team. This is how you support. This is how I support. This is how, you know, the club will support us and just make those roles very clear from the beginning and save a lot of, you know, going back later and look, we, you know, we need good, good positive energy here. I'll be the one that's, you know, making the, you know, constructive criticism at the time. It's not for you. Like, kids know they can feel a sigh they can hear uh you know the the oohs and ahs from the crowd if they miss a shot or whatever and sometimes i had to tell a dad straight up you have to zip it you have to because it's affecting not only your son but then the rest of the the team that was a big challenge for me because it seemed like the parents might have had a right to be there it's their it's their kid right it's their son but then i was like you know what it is their kid but it's their game and i'm the one that you trusted to coach them so you really i had to draw some lines i had to put some some barriers down where they couldn't cross if it came to an issue we would talk about it outside of the game or you know sometime during the week they could give me a call we could chat whatever and then go from there. So it didn't happen right away. It, it took some time, but I think it helped me grow as a, as a person as well, just that this is all a process and there's a, there's more than just a coach and a player involved in their, in the, in their development. So there's, there's uh, influence from their teammates, influence from their brothers and sisters that might be on another team or play another sport, their parents, who knows, sometimes the grand- grandparents show up and they, you know, and there's a lot of influences. So the more holistic we can take the approach, I think the better for the players. I want when my players are on the ball, I want them thinking for themselves. I want them to make the decision. I can help guide if he gets it wrong three times and needs a little bit of help or he just hasn't done some things that we talked about in training, like getting your head up before you receive the ball or getting on the back foot or receiving away from pressure. Like if he's struggling, I'm there to help. But it's the player's game. It's the player's game. I want to do most of my coaching during the week. And then ideally, when we get to the weekend, I'm just there to remind them, remind them of our principles and our concepts and then let them play i don't want to overcoach. i don't want to tell them who to pass to i want them to make the decisions so when the parents understand that i think they buy in i think they get it then but many of them haven't had it explained to them like that well it takes a it, it takes a coach with a with a certain personality and a certain a uh, certain character to be able to have those conversations the way that they need to be had with with parents and 
you can have a coach and, and I'll even throw myself into this category. When I was a young, when I was a young coach, I was too strong. I, I was, mm. I, I, I was, I was kind of like over aggressive with, mm. uh, with my, with, with the lines that I wanted to draw. And yeah. then you have coaches that are on the extreme opposite end of that spectrum where, you know, they're just complete pushovers and, yeah. and you know, they, they don't, they don't have the, the confidence to even like stand up to, to, to say what, what they even believe in and yeah. finding that sweet spot in the middle, I think is very important. But again, it, it, it's number one, not talked about enough. And number two, you can't, there, there's no other way to learn that than by, than by doing it. And you have to be put in those situations and you have to, you, you have to, you have to have those conversations. You have to, you know, walk to the parking lot w- with a parent and, and have that conversation. Mm. You have to have that phone call. You have to write that email yeah. to figure out what your style or, or what your message is going to be. You can't, yeah. you're not going to get that from a book or from a coaching course or from anything. That's going to come from you just you, you finding your own, your own flavor, your own style. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult, man. It's difficult, but it, what it, what it also kind of reminds me of too, is that people forget how much goes into coaching, like how much else goes into coaching. People think like uh, the example I think of, especially recently, right? Uh, I did a training session and I charged 75 bucks for the training session. It was an hour and a half. And, and so somebody made a comment like, Oh, well, that's pretty good, dude. That's like seven, like 75 bucks for an hour and a half of work. That's badass. It's like, no, I showed up a half an hour early. I stayed a half an hour late. I planned the session. I talked with two yep. parents uh, before and I talked with two parents after uh, outside of the 30 minutes that I was there before and after. So really, you know, yeah. six hours worth of work, seven yeah. hours worth of work. Like, no, like it's, it, it's, it's much, 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 much more than, than the hour and a half. And, and so it's just uh, yeah. something again that we don't talk about enough, I guess, is, is how much really how much effort and time the coaches are putting in and, and what it really requires if you want to do something that is going to, is going to stand out. I think you said, if you do something that wants to stand out, then you plan it 45 minutes. I don't know an hour. You plan your session. You think about who you're coaching. You think, okay, I'm going to have this many players. This is the space I have available today. This is the, this is what they need to learn. Like there's, and you haven't even showed up to the field yet. Then you got to get yourself there and, if you're like me, you got to bring your own equipment, right? Bring your own equipment, lay it all out, and then make sure that it runs smoothly and then be available and be in the right uh, frame of mind, have the right energy, you know, be, be excited, like reach out to each player. It can, it can wear you out. It can, (laughs) but it's, it's great. It's awesome. Um, But it, like you said, it, it's maybe, Maybe not always realize the the work that goes in, but I'm I'm happy to do the work. Speaking of equipment, shout out to Bounce Athletics, sponsor of the podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I I always end every interview with the uh, with the same question, and uh, I'm, I'm actually I, I don't know if I've asked it the last couple interviews. I might have forgotten. Um, but what a uh, if I if I asked you or I'm going to ask you, what do people need to know? What, what comes to mind? What do people need to know? People. I, I would, I'd probably want to know who the people are. Are we talking parents, coaches? Are we talking educators? Are we talking fans? You know, you like, choose, you, you choose who, who would you, who would you, who, who do you want to, to, to send a message to Like, who are you most passionate about or what are you most passionate about? And, and who would that message be directed to? Um, well, I don't know. I guess I'll just go towards the the coaches, um, and I guess that it is a that this is a big process. Like there's there are formulas to help us become better coaches than we were last month, and a lot of times it's up to us to make sure that process continues. You may not be at a club that has great leadership and, and pays for your licensing. You know, you may not have that. I didn't have that. I'm not from that club. You may not be from a club that has, you know, great facilities or 
other coaches that have the same passion as you. I, I don't know. But if you love the game and you love coaching, then we constantly are looking to make, I don't know, that 1% improvement. If we can learn that 1% and get out of our comfort zone and I don't know, I, I would even suggest don't be afraid to go pay for your own uh, understanding and increasing your knowledge of the game or of coaching. Like it's invaluable. You'll, you'll have more uh, rewarding experiences and challenge yourself and, you know, get into new environments where, you know, it's not always the same philosophies. Go try something different. And I don't know, I, I just, I believe a little bit in the grind, just that every day is an opportunity for us to grow even as a, as a parent, as a husband, but it's a big process. So don't get caught up with where you are right now because next month you won't be there. And if we can find a way to apply that to, you know, and this is a coaching podcast, apply it to our coaching, then I think it's going to trickle into all areas of our life. So yeah. I guess it'd be something like that, John. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. I wrote down, I wrote down what you said. I believe a little bit in the grind. That's uh, that's good, man. That's very impactful. It's, it's something that it, it's something, it's a message that all coaches need to hear. It's not, it's never going to be easy. You gotta, you're going to have to grind. So yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's good, man. Um, where, uh, where can people find your, your video number one the, the video that uh that caught my attention where can people find that where can people connect with you and where where can people learn a little bit more about uh about your your job as a coach yeah um so i posted i guess on twitter is where i'm probably most of the coaching circles i run in are connected on twitter and i'm at coach sean b 74 so just like my name s-h-a-w-n b74 on the twitter um i have an instagram but that's really used you know it's a little more personal family and stuff like that i'm not using that really for soccer um uh networking or anything like that so probably twitter is the best way um if they want to connect with me yeah i'd be stoked to hear from anyone i actually crossed paths with one of your guests a couple weeks ago from New York, uh, John Kokoris. Ah, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where, where'd you so, see him at? Uh, I think I, th- I listened to the podcast and then we connected on Twitter. I'm like, dude, when I'm in New York, I'm coming out to your training. He's like, anytime nice. my field is always open. So that's, that's what's great about Twitter and what you're doing at three, four, three. It's awesome. You've opened up a a community and a, a way to connect coaches because we got to support one another and it's, it's happening. So kudos to you. Uh, sh- shameless plug right here. It, it is something that is pretty remarkable about the three, four, three membership is that we have, uh, we have like the, the member forums, like the message boards and yeah. people have, have just, just, they, they've, uh, created full on friendships just based off of, you know, their, their membership, uh, experience, you know, guys just connecting with each other about soccer in this forum. And then I've heard that story so many times where, you know, they're, they're traveling and, or they're going to be, they're going to yeah. get this certain tournament and the coaches meet up or they go watch each other's training sessions or games, or they go, they go have beers with each other. And people have sent me pictures or text messages when they're together, things like that. And it's like, Hey, like, you know, if it wasn't for three, four, three, this wouldn't be happening. The best examples are, are when the guys, when they're, when they're overseas, they, they all meet up in Barcelona or they all meet oh. up in England. It's like, like that's super rad when, when that happens. And, and, uh, you know, some, some of the guys that actually went, went to, um, the summits that we did, the in-person, the in-person yeah. presentations that we used to do. Yeah. Um, they met at those, at those summits and, and now they're like best friends. Like yeah. it's, it's so crazy. I see them out all the time on Instagram together and it's just crazy, you know, how, how the soccer world is kind of come together like that. And it's something that, um, I've talked about with the USSF courses too. It's like the, the best parts of those, those things are, are really the connections that you make. And so the real, oh, yeah. the real advantage I think to three, four, three is that you stay connected th- through the membership and you stay connected through this common, 
belief, this common identity in, in how you want your teams to play. And I think that's super yeah. special. So that's cool that, yeah. you, guys, that you guys, uh, that you guys are going to connect. That's badass. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So keep it up. Cool. Keep man. up the good work. Well, you too, you too. Good luck with, uh, with your next venture. Um, you know, definitely, definitely keep in, uh, keep in touch with me and let us know if there's anything that we can do for you. We, we always love helping out our members. So if there's something we can do, let us know. Awesome. Sounds good. We'll do it, John. All right, brother. Uh, look for this soon then. All right. Take care. All right. See ya. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. I also want to leave you with one note from one of our members of the 343 Coaching Education Program. His name is Thomas, and he's been a member for quite a while. And this is what he had to say. If you want to play insanely good with your team and start to understand the possession and positional game, this will give you a head start. I have tried the material on three ordinary teams, and after a year, they totally dominate the local teams. After two years, they are among the best in the region. The program 343 offers is not a complicated curriculum. It's actually simpler than you might think. But instead of more, you have to go deep in every detail. Thomas, thank you so much for that beautiful review. And I hope that everybody else finds that valuable. If you want more information about the 343 Coaching Education Program, the program that helps support and fund this podcast, you can visit 343coaching.com. All right, we'll catch you guys next time here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening.